that's where that's where my passion comes from and it's really it's affecting outcomes worldwide and and for so many different reasons you know some some are based on c-section rates some are women that aren't getting monitored at all some just live you know too far away from the hospital and it's too hard for them to get to the hospital so there's a lot of different reasons why you know i'm doing this and why i have this passion and it's really about um, bringing a technology to the market that can create change Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm actor and activist Melissa Fitzgerald. This podcast will bring you into the lives of United States veterans and guide you along on their journey from private citizen to service to entrepreneur. You'll learn from these men and women how they handled the trials and tribulations of service and how they applied those same lessons to new ventures when they left the military and tried their hands at business. I hope these journeys inspire you to push yourself further, believe in your goals, and maybe find your own mission. Thank you to our friends at WeWork, Veterans in Residence, a WeWork and Bunker Labs partnership. Veterans in Residence is a highly selective six-month startup incubator and leadership program. It provides veteran and military family member entrepreneurs the community business support, and workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. Find your tribe. Create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans. That is we.co slash veterans, or click on the link in the show notes. Also, thank you to our friends at Dell Small Business. Something was wrong. The baby's heart rate was dropping and they needed to get her out. Now. The doctors performed a C-section, a surgery that has become commonplace in American society. But a major procedure nonetheless. The baby was fine. The mother was not. She had a history of blood clots and had stopped taking her blood thinner in order to let her surgical wounds heal. But she knew something was wrong. It hurt to breathe. She told the nurse. She told the doctor. They didn't listen to her when she told them what she needed. Days went by, and the situation worsened. Eventually, it was discovered that she had a blood clot in an artery in her lung and a pool of blood in her abdomen. They were life-threatening. More surgery was performed, and luckily, the mother was saved. Many others are not as lucky. And the reason is that fetal and maternal health technology has been stuck in the dark ages. Anne is on a mission to change that. Anne grew up in Utah, mostly disconnected from military life. She had no idea there were such things as military service academies. But when a friend told her about them, Anne was committed to getting into one. She was accepted to West Point and was eager to start her military career. She commissioned as an officer in the army and was stationed in Germany with her new husband, whom she met at the academy. The Gulf War was about to start, and Anne was pregnant. So when her husband deployed in support of Operation Desert Storm, Anne stayed behind and gave birth to their first child. But she was given no maternity leave. It was hard to divide time between her newborn and work, 
but she had a job to do to support her fellow soldiers on the front lines. She was leading a support battalion that was providing necessary supplies to the troops in the field, and she was given no direction or help in getting things where they needed to go. We had all the medical supplies as well as a lot of other things, but this massive container was left and for some reason didn't get loaded and it didn't get down to down to the theater where it was supposed to go. So just trying to figure out how to get that done, no one is around and trying to figure out how to use my broken German to get this crate back down to, or container I should say, back down to the Gulf War. After that, um, I remember getting a call from an officer much higher level than myself saying, how in the world did you do that? But it was just little things like that that I started thinking, okay, I've you know, been able to figure out how to get things done and how to get around things. The new mother had a knack for anticipating problems that others couldn't. She figured out a way to make it work, ship supplies, and then clear out the warehouse when the mission ended. And when it ended, a new mission began. Anne and her husband left the military, and Anne entered the corporate world. Over the years, she did everything from sales to business development in all sorts of companies, including Pepsi, General Mills, and eventually in the medical field for Medtronic. No matter where she went, Anne worked on developing relationships with everyone she encountered. She'd listen to their stories, learn about their struggles, or the companies they were building to solve problems. And along the way, she was introduced to new technologies and methods of approaching big issues. The idea of entrepreneurship had never really crossed her mind before, but having served her country and having a love for and experience with problem solving, Anne started to think about the ways she could get back into some sort of service and put her skills and relationships to work to solve a huge issue she had been hearing about more and more. Through Medtronic, Anne had built a relationship with a respected doctor at the Mayo Clinic. He was developing technology that would alert physicians and clinicians to problems before they became symptomatic. There was talk about using the tech in neurology and other areas, but he and Anne saw an opportunity in a long overlooked branch of medicine, maternity. His idea was that we could, if we could get a really clean fetal ECG, we could utilize these same neural networks that he's been working on with his team um, and utilize it in fetal monitoring and give physicians information to assess a fetus that's never been done before. So that's how we kind of embarked in this, this journey. I am a mother with four kids and the thought of being able to really affect some change in an area where the, the science and the technology has not been updated for several years. What they use for fetal monitoring today is technology that was developed back in the 50s and 60s. And um, granted, the form factor may have changed a little bit, but there just hasn't been a lot of technology advancement. So my passion is really to try and further the development of this technology and really affect some of the challenges that we have worldwide with maternal and fetal outcomes. 
there had been very little advancement in women's health technology since ultrasounds had become common. The specific technology used had gotten better, sure, but few were doing anything to take maternal and fetal health a step further. And in the United States, the infant and maternal mortality rate was among the worst in the world when looking at developed countries. This was a problem. What I look at is, and what I want to help change are the outcomes. And just looking at the U.S. and the numbers, and I think it's pretty sad that a country that is developed as the U.S. is, that on this side, maternal mortality rates, we just aren't doing that well at all. Um, and you look at even, you know, Serena Williams' story, and, you know, she had to have a C-section and then had a pulmonary embolism. And it's these stories that I'm just, you know, I take to heart. And it's like, okay, we have to do something different. Today, Ann Holder is the CEO of Odinata Health, a healthcare technology startup with a focus on developing products that can empower women to understand their health and improve fetal and maternal outcomes. Coming up, hear how Anne decided to take a leap into entrepreneurship and how she's been able to overcome some of the new obstacles placed in her path. When it comes to keeping your small business's valuable information safe, Dell Small Business Technology Advisors can recommend tailored security solutions like servers, storage, networking, Running your own small business is a big challenge, but with the right partner, it's a lot easier. To speak with an advisor today, call 877-BY-DELL. That's 877-BY-DELL. Welcome to Find Your Mission. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at mission.org. And on the other line, Anne, how's it going? Good. How are you? It's a wonderful day, and I am so excited to hear about your journey, the amazing company you're building in Odinata Health. And I want to flash forward to like what you're building now. What is it that you're you're creating here? So I'll give you a little bit of a kind of backstory. Um, I got into medical devices. My background was really engineering and operations, and then got into medical devices and had just a phenomenal opportunity working for Medtronic in a bunch of different roles um, that really kind of developed my career. And it made introductions to people that really affected my path in life. So at Medtronic, I kind of started in a sales, a sales role and then went into finance, then kind of back out in the field, and then ended up in a business development role at the corporate level and was working uh, with Medtronic to help look at new business ventures. And at the same time, I was doing a lot of work with the Mayo Clinic and made uh, a great relationship with Dr. Paul Friedman, who's an electrophysiologist down there, and he's now the chair of cardiology at Mayo. He is an inventor. He's a phenomenal clinician, but he's also an inventor. I'm curious, like when was the moment that you decided to, you know, jump? When did I make that decision to jump? It was quite honestly, it was a lot of soul searching for my husband and I, you know, from a financial perspective, it was really a difficult decision for us to make, but it was something that we were both very passionate about and he understood my passion and my drive and 
we were just able to make it work and we've been able to make it work, but you know, financially it has its challenges. You had a long career in really impactful companies like Medtronic um, and, and a number of companies that people would know know well, like PepsiCo, uh, M&M Mars, General Mills, places like that. Um, were there experiences that, you know, being able to have that expertise in sales, in marketing, in finance, in operations that you were able to, you know, bring to your company as soon as you started it? It's really interesting. I think it was all of those experiences, number one, that gave me the confidence to actually make that jump into entrepreneurship. As I worked through um, the companies on the consumer goods manufacturing side, you know, I learned so much about quality control and manufacturing and cost control and supply chain. And I was fortunate enough to be in a sales position where I interacted at the highest levels of the large hospital systems. And those relationships that I built in those positions, I think really helped me build my confidence to really make that leap and to get into into what I'm doing and to start my own company where I could utilize these skills that I had honed through my career. So the mission of Odinata Health is to improve maternal and fetal health outcomes and working to ensure access to our technology in traditionally underserved communities. Um, and, and you've said, you know, for women, by women. It's such a clear mission and it's such a clear purpose of where you want to go. Was it daunting at all when you first decided to start the company and to kind of plant your flag in the ground and say, hey, this is, this is what we want to uh, to impact for, you know, the, the many years to come? It is, and it was, and it still is a little bit daunting. Um, I know that it's a marathon, but for me, it's all of the people that you have around you that gives you that confidence to do it. I wouldn't necessarily say that it was overwhelmingly daunting though, because I have this amazing support network around me and people that want it to be successful. Yeah, I want to talk about the support network. You know, obviously you are involved in the Veterans and Residents Program. I'm curious, like, how has, you know, being around a community, um, being around other veteran entrepreneurs, like, helped you? I, well, first of all, I can't say enough about the program. So when you're an entrepreneur and I have this, you know, kind of support network around me from a clinical perspective and a technical perspective in order to, you know, to bring my product to the point where I can submit it for FDA approval and bring it to market. That's one thing. But the other side of it is, you know, I'm a new CEO and this is my first company with this type of responsibility. And I really was looking for a community of people that I could learn from and I could share experiences with. And, and I was really looking for that. So I was in the last tribe for the Veterans and Residents Program. And 
the whole program far exceeded any expectations that I had. The camaraderie that we had in our group was pretty amazing, but it was the connections that and the help that I got from them that I wasn't even expecting. So in one of those was um, one of the city leaders introduced me to the woman who is the head of the Minnesota High Tech Association that focuses on government grants. Well, this woman has been incredibly helpful in putting together a whole strategy with me on how I can get government grants in order to further develop my technology that's non-dilutive for myself and the, the investors. That was just, you know, one example. People that were helping me with, you know, trying to find a textile manufacturer that can help manufacture and design my product because my product is actually a textile product that has sensors integrated into it. It's the sharing, it's learning more about, you know, everyone's lessons learned when it comes to um, fundraising. And uh, another example that was pretty interesting and eye-opening for me when I first started, Jeff Brown is in our group. He's one of the city leaders here. And he's like, okay, Anne, I want to see your pitch deck. And I went through my pitch with them. It was a condensed version of my pitch deck. And he looked at me and he just said, uh, yeah, I'm not going to tell you the exact words he said, but he's like, this isn't good. So I'm like, what is it missing? He says, and you have no emotion. He's like, you, you've got to bring some emotion into your pitch deck. You know, you've got this story to tell and all of these, you know, statistics that are pretty staggering and people need to understand why is it that you're doing this? Why don't you have any emotion? So Within a week, we had completely restructured my pitch deck, and I actually, at that point, started getting a lot more interest um, on the investor side as I was going out and working on my seed round. So that part of it was incredibly helpful, but overall, the, the experience I had was amazing. Was there something that was like the hardest thing that you dealt with? you know, when, when starting to build the the business or, you know, the, the one day where you're like, uh, I, why am I even doing this? You're going to have really good days where you're just on top of the world and excited um, and excited about the future. And then there, there's those days where you're like, okay, what am I doing? And for me, I think it's been, a lot of it has been around just doing the fundraising. You know, that part of it is hard. You know, they talk about, fundraising and femtech and you know it's a you know one of those buzzwords that everybody talks about right now but I, I just don't see a lot of investments into the med device side of it so that part of it has been really challenging but I have got some investors on board now that are equally as passionate as I am and they're opening a whole new world of uh, new investors. It's making it um, a little bit easier. I'll be honest with you, in the beginning, the whole fundraising piece was incredibly challenging. I actually had, I'll tell you a funny story though, I actually had one potential investor basically say, well, why do women want to know what their baby's heart rate is? You know, if you give women too much information, they're, they're going to have more anxiety than they already have, you know? So these were some of the comments that I was getting and I was scratching my head. I'm like, really? <laughs> People are really, you know, saying these, they're thinking these things and saying them out loud. So that part of it was challenging. So what is, 
the impact of this in 10 years? Like if, you know, if your company goes on to be successful, like we're talking about massive impact, you know, over 350,000 babies are born uh, each day around the world. You know, every single one of those can benefit. You're talking about massive impact. So like, you know, why do you do this? Like, why do you wake up every day and feel that this is the most important thing for you to do? There's another interesting data point that I want to put out there. When I was working with one of my clinical partners on this project, he was telling me that for, for a long period of time, every baby that was delivered via C-section, they would do an umbilical cord blood test. And they're looking at the pH of the blood to see if there was either too much oxygen or, uh, or too little oxygen or too much carbon dioxide. So they call it um, acidosis or hypoxia. What they determined is that 80% of the C-sections that they did probably did not need to happen. But all the, the data that the physicians are going on is based on a contraction and a decelerated heart rate that doesn't come up. So they really don't understand if the fetus is really in distress. So when you start looking at why is our C-section rate as high as it is, and is there anything that we could do to give the physicians more decision support? so that they have a better understanding of what may be going on with the fetus during labor and delivery and decrease those C-section rates. So that's one piece of it. The other piece of it for me is there are women, and it's here in the U.S. also, that live so far away from the, the hospitals, are they really getting the right care? Is there a way that we can actually create a low-cost technology so that they can be monitored in the home? And then there's some areas, and you look worldwide, where they're just not monitoring at all. So you look at all these different segments and areas that we can take the same technology and use it in so many different ways. I mean, the first area of impact is really in the hospital. It's in labor and delivery, and it's giving physicians more decision support when they're delivering a baby. That's number one. The next area is really around, you know, how do you... Um, create an environment where women don't have to actually go into the the hospital as, as much or the doctor's office for all of their visits. There are some hospital systems that are starting to give um, folks technology to take home. But if you're a low-risk pregnancy, do you really need to go in as often as you, you do? Can you utilize that technology so that you can just um, do your check at home and your clinician can log into a portal and actually see see all the data. And you may still have a, you know, a five minute consult on the phone or 10 minute consult and say, okay, you just go through every, your, your data. So that's another area. If you look at what's going on in developing countries and, you know, the deliveries in the small rural areas where there's no monitoring at all, and just giving the clinicians that are working with those women, give them something that they can actually see on a tablet or a phone so that they can see the heart rate. Can a mom actually purchase a consumer product and look on her phone and say, okay, my baby's heart rate was, you know, at a certain level and over the past 24 hours, or how much has my baby moved in the past 24 hours? So trying to provide women more data during their pregnancy is really 
um, where we want to go with this long term. What is your best advice to other entrepreneurs that are out there uh, in the struggle? Just to, you know, have the confidence and have faith that there's people around that will help you be successful. And you just have to put yourself out there and you have to find those those people that will support you as you go on this journey. Wonderful, and thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And, uh, and again, just uh, such important work that you're doing and we're really excited to, uh, to follow along. Thank you again to WeWork. Veterans and Residents is a partnership of WeWork and Bunker Labs. Veterans and Residents is a six-month startup incubator and leadership program that provides veteran and military family members the community, business support, and a workspace to help launch and grow their businesses. To learn more about WeWork and the Veterans and Residents program, visit we.co slash veterans. That is we.co slash veterans. Find your tribe, create your life's work. Learn more at we.co slash veterans. This podcast was created by the team at Mission. If you want to hear more from Mission, be sure to check out mission.org. There's nothing small about your business. That's why Dell Small Business Technology Advisors are ready to give you trusted advice, one-on-one partnership, and tailored tech solutions like computers with Intel Core processors. Call 877 by dell to speak to an advisor today.